Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast, where we go through the liturgy of evening prayer together. And inside of this liturgy, we have a short discussion on the gospel reading of the day. And we're also uh, releasing every week a demo of a song that was written in the Bloom community. Here with me today is Dulce Booth. Hello. And Taryn Jost. Hi. Both Taryn and Dulce have served Bloom for years as house church leaders, section leaders. And uh, Taryn was most recently the potluck coordinator. Oh, I loved it too. For our short-lived potlucks. So (laughs) short-lived. And Seth as well. Seth is our pastor of music and arts here. And pastor of podcasts now. Yes, that's that's right. right. We hope this is a time for you that you can be drawn into the presence of Christ who loves you and who is with you always. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. In your resurrection, O Christ, let heaven and earth rejoice. this day may be holy, good, and peaceful. Let us pray with one heart and mind. As our evening prayer rises before you, O God, so may your mercy come down upon us to cleanse our hearts and set us free to sing your praise now and forever. baptism we died with Christ, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, we might walk in newness of life. Let us receive new life in him as we confess our sin in penitence and faith. Like Mary at the empty tomb, we fail to grasp the wonder of your presence. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Like the disciples behind locked doors, We are afraid to be seen as your followers. Christ, have mercy. Christ, Christ, have mercy. Like Thomas in the upper room, we are slow to believe. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sin and restore us in his image to the praise and the glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Perfect sacrifice 
Sorrows you 
Bloom, let's join together now with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. O oh God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join me for the prayers. We pray to Jesus, who is present with us to eternity. Jesus, light of the world, bring the light and peace of your gospel to the nations. We specifically lift up the one-third of the Americans who have lost their jobs. Jesus, Lord of life, in your mercy, Jesus, bread of life, give food to the hungry and nourish us all with your word. Jesus, Lord of life, in your mercy, hear us. Jesus, our way, our truth, our life, be with us and all who follow you in the way. Deepen our appreciation of your truth and fill us with your life. Jesus, Lord of life, in your mercy, hear us. Jesus, good shepherd who gave your life for the sheep, Recover the straggler, bind up the injured, strengthen the sick, and lead the healthy and strong to new pastures. Jesus, Lord of life. Your mercy, yes. Jesus, the resurrection and the life, we give you thanks for all who have lived and believed in you. Raise us with them to eternal life. Jesus, Lord of life. In your mercy, hear us, accept our prayers, and be with us always. Amen. A reading from Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me whenever I called upon him. The cords of death entangled me. The grip of the grave took hold of me. I came to grief and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray you, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord watches over the innocent. I was brought very low, and he helped me. Turn again to your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has treated you well. For you have rescued my life from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. I will walk in the presence of the Lord, in the land of the living. I believed, even when I said, I have been brought very low. In my distress, I said, no one can be trusted. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his servants. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant and the child of your handmaid. 
you have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I did it. Hear the Gospel of the Lord according to Luke. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. The Gospel of the Lord.
What I love about Luke and his writing as he records the events in his gospel is how he conveys the human side of the experience of the divine. When you read through his gospel, you see true, raw human interaction with Christ, how people felt and the details of engagement that that he describes. And this story, Luke is the only one that includes this story. This takes us back to Easter evening. And Jesus has appeared to Mary and to the other Mary at the tomb. And um, the next time that we hear of Jesus or see him in the other Gospels is in the upper room. But this takes us back to Easter Day. So, so Easter 3, which is this Sunday, we're transported back to Easter Day. And we find Cleopas and his companion most believe this is his wife. So a husband and wife walking down this road, mourning what had just come to pass, which was the death of Jesus. And, you know, they didn't know what had happened at the tomb. So they're still very much in that place of mourning. We said last week that, that Jesus finds people in Lent, in a sense, and, and draws out of them Easter and proclaims over them Easter. So he finds these two, and it's just so true to the way that Luke portrays these stories, that you, you, really, you feel the grittiness and the raw emotion of humanity stuck in the place of loneliness and of mourning, of confusion, if, you know, trying to grapple with the events. You can almost imagine the conversation between the husband and the wife. You know, what does this mean for us now? What everything that we believed in that we hoped for just died. Mm-hmm. And they're probably taking a, a slow walk to Emmaus. And then all of a sudden, there's this companion with them who they don't recognize. And it doesn't really go into why they don't recognize Jesus. I mean, most would say that, that there's a different appearance to him because it happens a lot of times in most stories that he appears as the risen Christ, um, people don't recognize him until something that he does draws out an experience they had with him or emotion that they felt around him, and then all of a sudden their eyes are open. And that's how it is here. He, they have this whole conversation with Jesus, not really knowing who he was. I'm sure the elements of their interaction and of their experience of Jesus felt familiar because later they say they recount this time on the road with this companion they say our hearts burned within us when we were in his presence which is so human and it's also so divine supernatural that what happens to the human spirit when we are around Christ when we experience Christ did not our hearts burn within us. I love that. 
And there's two things in the story that, that really speak to me and, and in my condition. And I think to us as a community, as we go through this pandemic that we're going through, being very much human, being very much afraid and lonely and at times hopeless, is that Jesus leads them first before revealing who he is, he leads them yeah. back into the story of who they are. Yeah. So it's not this like, you know, I've risen, I'm here, and, and that's all incredible. But for some reason, Jesus doesn't. He saves that, and he tends to them. And the manner in which he tends to them is that he draws them back into the story that they are familiar with. He leads them through the stories of the prophets, which talks about hope and the Messiah and that salvation is coming. And it's in that familiarity of the story that they've been a part of for their entire life that they begin to find comfort. And then over dinner, at the moment that he does allow them to see him for who he is, it's in this action, it's in this breaking of bread this familiar thing that they've done many times before with Jesus. Jesus said to them in the Last Supper, the next time we sit and dine together, I will have fulfilled the prophecies. I will have conquered death for you. And this is the meal. This is the meal after the fulfillment of the prophecies, the fulfillment of the story of hope that he draws them to on the road. And they see it. They see him for who he is. That table, just like the table at the Last Supper and just like the table that we gather around every Sunday as a community and the table that the church worldwide gathers around every week, it's a foretaste of the table that is to come. That in the end of the age, there will be a table set with God and with man. And that's how we will know him. That's how they have known him, as the one who calls them to the table. It's just so warm and comforting and so deeply human and so beautifully divine because it speaks to this thing in me. And, and I would guess that it speaks to this thing in our community that we need we long to be drawn to the table with Christ, to know him in that way, to break bread with him in that way, that in the midst of confusion and isolation and fear, there still stands a table that we are invited to. You know, the walk to Emmaus with this husband and this wife and Jesus and the way that he leads them into remembering the story that they are a part of, remembering who they are, remembering what they and the people of God have hoped for for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It can be a call for us to do the same. You know, what does the church do in places of loss and despair and tragedy where it seems as if hope has died? We do it what Jesus did for them on the road, we remember who we are. 
we remember the beauty of the story. We remember that we are people who embody hope and who look forward to what Christ will do and and is doing in our world and among us and through us. It's that drawing back into who we are, into what we're a part of, into what has been done for us and what will be done for us and what will be done through us. That's how we retain the beauty of our lives. And that's how we retain hope in these times because the church still is beautiful and we still live beautiful lives in Christ. It's that drawing back that we remember that, the kind companion that walks with us, Christ Jesus, opening up the story for us again, even in this time, drawing us to remember. It really is so human, it's beautiful, and it's just a window into what Christ is among us. I think there's no better time than the time we're in right now to remember who we are. I feel like it's really easy to forget just because we're so like focused on just the way things are right now that we forget mm-hmm. like who we are, what it means to be a part of a community. And um, yeah, this is, this is very timely for me personally, just mm-hmm. like. For sure. It's helping me kind of get out of my head a little mm-hmm. bit and to realize that the world is bigger and that Christ is with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just when we're stuck in our homes, but everywhere. And you talk about, Dave, you talked about just the humanity that that is yeah. expressed in this passage. And I just find like the both and in this, where in verse 21, where it says, we had hoped mm-hmm. he was the Messiah mm-hmm. who had come to rescue Israel. And so there is like this death of an expectation. Oh, yeah. You know, and this disappointment and this loss that they experienced of something that that seemed big to them. And yet mm-hmm. they're talking to the one who is like blowing that hope up, right? Like it was so much more than just rescuing Israel (laughs) that was happening, right? And, And so you have this death and this disappointment right next to this life that is just coming forth and is above and beyond what they could have wrapped their heads around. Mm -hmm. And I just connect with the humanity of expectation and at times feeling disappointed and having to let go of things. And yet I feel like this is reminding us of like, sometimes we don't even know Jesus is right Mm -hmm. there doing way more than our hearts could ever imagine or dream. Well, especially since they, I mean, we have had every scenario now, right? Like the women who were waiting. Mm -hmm. So they were like, wait, like at the tomb, 
not expecting angels to come out, but like there and present and really close. We've had all the disciples huddled together and Jesus arrives. And now we have a couple just walking away. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're not chasing after finding out what happened. They're just walking away and yet they are still met mm-hmm. um, and still receive what is true. I think I'm loving that. That's mm-hmm. just I'm like, man, how many times have I needed Jesus to pursue me? Absolutely. Um, when I'm deep in my own head or mm-hmm. grief or uh, whatever it is, um, disappointment. So I love that too. Like that's a secondary humanity piece to it mm-hmm. where it's like, not only does he like, is he with us and blowing up this hope, but like he pursues them. Yes. He finds them yes. to do yeah. it. I think most of us just walk away. Yeah. We don't argue the validity of it. Yeah. We don't, we're too tired. Mm-hmm. We're too crushed. Mm-hmm. So we walk away from, yeah. from what we believe. We, we're walking away from Christ and mm-hmm. from the story altogether. <laughs> but death and despair and hopelessness next to life. Yeah. As you just described, yeah, Taryn, I mean, that's the story of humanity and the divine. That's right. That's how it always is. Mm-hmm. And the kindness of Christ to push back on them to say, just remember who you are. Yes. Remember what I've told you. Remember the prophets. Remember the hope that's been planted and your ancestors and the people of God and, and you. We were talking earlier about a kind of popular worship song that's going around now that I was sent. And when the woman starts singing, he is for you, he yeah. is for you, I just burst into tears. Like it was super embarrassing because between us, Bloom listeners, I don't <laughs> love Christian music. <laughs> Um, but it feels like this is echoing that again. Yeah. Like not only is he, he's identifying who they are and then he's like, and I'm, I'm with you and I'm for you. Like, I don't, I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think we have this very human tendency in this time to either walk away from hope and the story that, that we know all together or to try to manufacture some false sense of assuredness of what mm. God is doing or going to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I've, I'm careful saying that because I know that Christ is always moving among us and drawing us into the story of redemption and resurrection in our world. But it's his movement. And sometimes I think when we're afraid, we try to manufacture some sense of this is what is going to happen to me and this this great future this great hope that I have and I think walking away and manufacturing that is just a trap on either side I think about my two and a half year old son he gets for whatever reason gets scared in the middle of the night and he runs into our room and my instinct as his father is not to explain to him in that moment as if he could even understand it, that he's an overcomer or that he's greater than fear. You know, it's not to say that. 
It's to draw him close. Mm. It's to it's to remind him in the way that he can understand who he is, mm-hmm. that he belongs to us, that he's safe. I know that's just a story of me and my son, but as as humans, that we need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter what we say, we need. We actually need that. And what Jesus does for them at the table, just setting a place for them, just sharing a meal, which is what all of this is about anyway. It's about knowing God and the way that he, he calls them to remember who they are and what they're a part of. I, I think it's what they so deeply needed. Yeah. When I was in high school, I know you're wrapping up, but... Um... When we, whenever my sister or I would leave to go do something, my dad would say, remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And he would say it until we answered. And we, he would always make us say, like, I'm a child of the king. And he had explained mm-hmm. to us before, like, it's, a, it's not like a behavior thing. It's like an identity thing. And so as you're leaving your house, like, remember who you are. Um, and I, we used to roll our eyes like crazy about it because, you know, it's a dad-daughter thing. But as I'm an adult now, I'm like, what an incredible gift that was for him to just remind us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a be Like I said, like he wasn't like, don't do bad. It was more like you are in a royal line. Yeah. And don't forget that as you go out into the world. But mm-hmm. you can fully cut that. But <laughs> I just, it sounds like the same stuff. It is. Bloom, as you go throughout this week, as you find yourself on the road walking away, as you find yourself perhaps trying to to convince yourself that it's all going to be okay, may you see and experience Christ, that the burning in your heart would testify that you've encountered life. May you find yourself at his table doing the familiar things, breaking bread, talking, listening. May you find yourself being drawn back into the story that is home to you, where hope and where faith are your guides. May you find yourself knowing that you have been made one in this community and with the community of the church worldwide in Christ and that you are never alone. Gathering our prayers and our praises into one, let us pray as Christ our Savior has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, You humbled yourself in taking the form of a servant and in obedience died on the cross for our salvation. Give us the mind to follow you and to proclaim you as Lord and King 
to the glory of God the Father. Amen. And Bloom, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and bring you peace. And may the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. 